good to be in the house of the Lord again. Amen. And um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you guys to just get ready. Open your Bibles over to the book of Acts, and we'll get there here in a second. And um, I do, I have one announcement I want to make, if that's all right. Um, this is something incredibly important. When you decide to follow Jesus, the scriptures teach us that we follow that decision by going public with baptism. And so there's no magic in that water. When you made a decision to put your trust in Jesus to begin to follow him, in that moment, you were saved. You went from darkness to light. You went from death to life. Amen? And in that moment, that happens. But we publicly acknowledge what Jesus has done in our life by going to a watery grave, the symbolism of that, rising up out of that watery grave as a, a new creature in Christ Jesus. And so on May 19th, not next Sunday, that's Mama's Day. But on, now you better get bathed for Mama's Day. Maybe not baptized, but please don't stink for your mama. So, but get bathed. But, but, but on a week later, the 19th, we're going to have baptism. And so if you have not yet been baptized, please go to that same app that, 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 that we have and, um, and go there and sign up and let us know. And we'll be giving you guys some information about what baptism is all about. Okay. And so that's, that's coming up in just a couple weeks. And to me, that's one of the most important things in a person's life is when they go public with their faith. And so that is on May 19th. Now, this is our second week in our series called Squad Goals, Squad Goals. And as we begin to look last week, I'd explain to you that when it comes to having a squad or a crew, a team, a group of people that you do life with, it's important because the course and quality of your life is not just determined by who you are. It is very much determined by who you are with. Amen. How many got into trouble being with some of the wrong folk at one time or another? Look around this room at all these heathens. Look at all these sinners. Yeah, me too. You know, when I was younger, I was always getting into trouble. I'm telling you. And, and, and it was one of those things where every one of us, every one of us, man, the wrong environments at times will cause us to make those wrong choices, wrong decisions. But we get around some people that are trying to build. We get around some people that are trying to grow. We get around some people that are trying to develop themselves. And next thing you know, you start to see that wearing off on each other. All I'm saying is you need some people to help you in your life. Amen. You need some people in your life to go through life with, or you'll make some bad mistakes. Last night, I got to go with my squad. I got to go with Pastor Marvin and Bettina. Hey, y'all. I got to go with Amy, and we got to go suit shopping. Yeah, I bought my first new suit in eight years. And, um, and so with that, we went to buy, because why? My daughter is getting married, and I'm getting an office. Woo! And so I needed a new suit to go with my, 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 my the wedding next Saturday, right? And so, uh, man, six days till a new office, it's coming. And so I needed that. And so they went with us, you know, and Pastor Marvin, he had no problem. He didn't need no help. He just went in. It's like, bop, 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 bop. he got his. He was done in no time, you know. Never sought any of our advice because he has mad style. But me. Was that was a different story. So I'm getting my suit picked out. And dude, I found an awesome, this suit was fly. It was sweet. Problem was, it was plaid. <laughs> now hold on. It looked awesome. Did it not look awesome, Marvin? Bettina? If Amy was here, she would say, Tss. Yeah, it was hot. It was awesome. And, uh, but it was plaid. 
And not like a subdued plaid. It was like gray on gray plaids that are kind of in style right now. And it'll probably be my second suit I buy. But not for a wedding. Amen. Wedding colors are charcoal and champagne. And it would have matched. But I would have stood out like a sore thumb. So when it comes down to it, you know, yeah, I, I, I could have made that decision on my own. But guess what? On my own, it would have been the wrong decision. On my own, I would have stood out like a sore thumb. On my own, it wouldn't have been helpful. And my daughter would not have been happy. As fine as I thought I might have looked, my squad saved me last night. And they helped me. Say they helped you. Yeah, and you need help too, because some of you are making decisions that are plaid suit, plaid suit decisions. You know, it's like, but this will be so awesome. Yes, and it will destroy you, you know? <laughs> All right. And, and when it comes to life, man, those people in your life, they help you, they're there for you. And there's people in my life, my squad, that makes me better. Pastor Brantley makes me more hungry for the Word of God. Amen? He just does, man. Him and I, that's my, my word buddy. I mean, we're just constantly sending scriptures to each other. And, hey, I was reading this, and I thought about that. And what do you think about this? And do you think this is doctrinally sound? If it's not, it sure is creative. You know, and, and we're always coming up with stuff, and then we're talking to each other off the ledge. Like, you can't preach that. That's not what it's saying, but it sure sounds good. And so we help each other with the word and deciphering the word and understanding the word. And then we come out here and preach the word to you. That's my word buddy. I love it. Corey, he makes me want to be more kind. And you may not know that about Pastor Corey. Pastor Corey is one of the kindest people you'll ever meet, you know? And he just makes me want to be more kind. There's, there's times I get riled up, and he just speaks a calming agent into my life, you know? And, um, and so that's Pastor Corey. Amy, she makes me want to find structure and balance. She does. My wife. Now, when I say she makes, I mean, I, literally, she makes me <laughs> want to find structure and balance. <laughs> Because as you guys can tell, and you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty like flying, going crazy. That's just me. And so my wife, God brought her into my life for structure and for balance. Else we would have lost the five children we have somewhere. <laughs> and finally in my squad, I mean, I got so many people in my squad. I just was naming a few of them. But finally, Pastor Marvin, I'll use him again. Pastor Marvin renews my love and makes me want to love people afresh again. Nobody loves people like Pastor Marvin loves people. And how he loves people. After 27 plus years of ministry now, Marvin makes me want to love people more. Amen? You need people like that in your life because you are shaped by the three to four friends that you spend the most time with. Often, if the same interests weren't the thing that drew you together, it doesn't take too long with a friend to start to develop some common interests that keep you together. It's just one of those things. That's what friends do. There's just things around each other that start to, to, to rub off on each other. Your attitudes, they're shaped by those around you. Think about it. You get around people who are full of faith and hope, and, it, and that, that just seems to gravitate and draw more people to them that are full of hope and full of faith. You get people that are like, man, I can take on the world. And you get activists that are like, yes, let's take on the world, you know. You get people who are, are critics and cynical. And guess what? They become entrenched and gather to themselves critics and, and people who are cynical. It's just how it is, you know? People who are cynical never are a lack to find others who are cynical. Can I tell you something? No true critic more than another critic. Is it true? Yeah, it's true. That's how it works. It's just we draw ourselves to people that are similar. 
But then it goes deeper. And so if I have somebody that's hungry in the word, it takes me to the word and I go deeper in the word. If I have somebody who is negative, it takes me toward negativity and I go deeper in that negativity. The problem with that is the course and quality of your life will be greatly impacted by those you do life with. And as I said last week, you need to not just be going through life with some people, not just be going, but you need to build in life with some people. And that's your squad. Every one of us needs to be looking for that squad, not just those people that we hang with, but those people that we help with and those people that help us. You know, when we look at the word of God, we can see an emphasis on life lived in community. You just see it all throughout scripture from the beginning. Like I said last week with Adam and Eve, you know, it was not good for man to live alone. And so God made him a help me. We can see it from the idea of, of Noah and his family. You know, that, that, that unit together that literally God used to repopulate the whole world. We can see it with David and his friendship with Jonathan and David later on with his friendship with his mighty men of valor. He had surrounded himself some, with some amazing men of God that he could stand shoulder to shoulder with and see the will of God take place in his life. Even Jesus, he had 12 disciples and his 12 disciples, he, he brought that down to an even smaller squad of Peter, James, and John. So we can just see through Scripture this emphasis. And then on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says 120 gathered in an upper room, and they were all in one, everybody shout, accord. They all had a mindset. Now understand this, 500 people saw Jesus. There's always a bunch of people ready for the party, but are people ready for the power, you know? There's always people like, whoa, there goes Jesus. And then Jesus says, go do something. Nah, you know, but, but, but 120 of them people decided to stay up in an upper room seeking the face of God. And they were in one accord. They had this mindset. And it was almost, I could almost see those guys going, I ain't leaving. I'm getting there. He told me the promise was coming. You can leave, but I'm staying. And there may be in a few, I don't know, it may have been less than 120. It may have been 200 or more. It may have been 200 people for all I know. But at some point, 120 people are there, and they're the ones in one accord. They're the ones with that one mindset. And the power of God hit that room, filled them with the Holy Spirit, and they became an agent of change like this world has never seen before. That's the gift that God has for us in a squad that we would be able to be who God has called us to be and be who together. That we would do and accomplish things like we never thought possible before. So if the course and the quality of our lives are greatly impacted by those that we do life with, who are you going to squat up with? What kind of people? What kind of people are you going to let have your ear? And what kind of people are you going to honor them to have your, your verse, your voice, your, what you're speaking into their lives? Because it matters. And it will shape you. It will make you or it will break you. We need to know what we're looking for in a squad. Let's stand to our feet and let's open our Bibles to Acts chapter 2, verse 42 and 47. I don't think it's an accident that after the power of the Holy Spirit began to move and God began to do things, that they began to meet up in little smaller groups, you know, little squads, if you will. I just don't think it's an accident. God used that. Because God doesn't want our lives to be a, a coincidental flash in the pan, you know? Whoa, look what just happened. 3,000 people got saved. Wow. I know it's not coincidence, 
But God wants that to be replicated. God wants content for us to go from glory to glory to glory. And I think that happens when we're in connection with each other. And so quickly after these miracles that we see, we begin to see, if you will, instruction, uh, a, a picture of what we ought to be pursuing as believers. And it says in Acts 2, 42 through 47, and I'm going to try to read this and not preach it. And I'll come back and preach it. But I struggle with that. So you may be standing And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. They as the new, this group of disciples. I mean, when I say disciples, a few thousand people at this point. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and all had things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers day by day. I love when you see that book in, day by day they were doing this, and day by day they were getting that. Do you see that? There, this, this, this consistency day by day was bringing forth some growth. It was bringing forth some health. It was doing something. That's not, that's not an accident. Day by day, the Lord was adding those who were being saved. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you help us, Lord, to just weigh through our relationships, God? We, we have no heart, no desire to kick anybody to the curb. That's not what this is about. But God, we need some people not just to hang with. We need some people to help us. We need some people that we can be a help to that have a listening ear. Lord God, not to put people to the curb, but God, we need some people we can build with in our lives and build with in our families. And, and so God, would you help us to know what it looks like to be a good squad in the name of Jesus? Amen. Go ahead and have your seats, if you will. The first thing I want you to understand to be a squad is you need to have a concerned crew. To be a squad, it needs to be a concerned crew. You can see in Acts 2, 44 through 45 that all who believed they were together and they were holding all things in common. Man, I got you. It's all right. I got your back. Don't you worry about it, you know? There, there was a sense of mutual concern for each other. It goes on. And they were actually taking their possessions and their belongings and they were distributing out you. Proceeds to all that had need. We, we have you. We'll help you. We're, we're concerned about you. In the 17th century, uh, Jonathan Swift said this, people have just enough religion to make them hate, but not enough to make them love one another. I see enough hate in the church. Come on, somebody. I want to see some love in the church. Amen. So I want to see some love in the church. And here we can see this love manifesting in that there's need and we're, we're helping each other through those needs. There's this, this sense of mutual concern. So a squad, if it's a squad, you need to be concerned. Not, not taking from each other, but you need to be concerned, a concerned crew. That's a squad. I've actually heard pastors say this, and every time I've heard it through the years, it makes me sick to my stomach. They'll say, if it wasn't for people, ministry would be great. Have you ever heard that before, anybody? No? Maybe that's one of those secret things preachers say to each other. I just let out the cat out of the bag, you know? But, but I mean, I can't tell you. I bet you I've heard that a dozen times in the course of my ministry. If it wasn't for people, you know, ministry would be great. And, and I just, it breaks my heart. It's like, where's your concern? This is, the job isn't up here preaching to you for 35, for, for 50 minutes a week. It's not the, 
Man, but pastors, it's like, come on, where's your concern for people? Man, and that breaks my heart. I love pastoring. I love weddings. You know what I love more than weddings? Funerals. I don't know why. Not that I want people to die to have one. <laughs> You're welcome. Older people in the church get nervous. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, but... It, there's just something about the priesthood. Like when you're ministering to families going through that funeral, man, it just, it's just something about it. When we laid to rest, dear Jim, oh, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> Patriarch, man. There's just something about it. I love that. I live for those expo- moments of just being able to have concern, being together, counseling and discipleship, leading staff and leading church leaders. And I, I love It's not, no, people are our business relationships in the squad that is what we do amen and i've told you a bunch of times there is not one pastor or even six pastors in this church i've told you this morning there'll probably be about 425 pastors on the campus of momentum church because every one of you is a minister of the gospel amen everywhere we go we go with concern and we help people and so with that, um, it's important. And man, I tell you, I love it. There's, there's a couple I'm working with right now to watch what God is doing in their lives. And they're starting to find their concerned crew. And I love it. They're very, to the Lord, they're very new to the church. But they're starting to find their concerned crew. And people are sowing and pouring into them. It blesses my, my heart. There's people in this, this church that you probably would never even really know them. But from their kitchen table... They pour week after a week after a week into people they're concerned about. That's ministry, y'all. That's what it's about. And listen, it's what I love most about pastoring, really, to be honest. When people get it for themselves, watching when you all take care of each other yourselves is probably what I love the best, you know? And it's not because I'm wanting to be lazy. It's not because we want our staff to be lazy. But when you get it and you take care of each other, that's powerful, when you get it and you hold on to the idea that you're responsible for discipleship in people's lives, not just the pastors, that's when it gets rich. And so listen, if you're going to experience growth in your life, if you're going to walk in the quality of life that God intends for you, it is going to take a squad. You've got to intertwine with people or you will never be who God's going to call you to be. Have you guys ever, how many has been to California before? I haven't, I've been there, but just to minister and then fly out, and so I didn't know much, right? But there's these little trees there called redwoods, right? (laughs) Heard about them. And um, hopefully next summer we're going to get to see them. We're thinking about taking a family trip west. um, But these things are 25, some of them 2,500 years old, 300 feet tall. It's amazing. And you know, when you think about it, you think, okay, that, that's because they have this deep, solitary root that just goes deep, deep down into the ground and holds, and they get their nutrients, and, and it holds, and it gives them strength. And, and I hear a lot of people will be like that. Man, I just do my thing. You know, I, I just do what I do, and I go deep in God. I just, I just go deep. Even when I was a kid, I remember hearing people singing this song. They would say, me and Jesus got our own thing going. Me and Jesus got it all worked out. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. We don't need nobody to tell us what it's all about. That's not a good song. It's not. I'm not saying the singing wasn't good. It was fabulous. 
but the song is not good. I mean, why? No, you and Jesus don't have it all worked out. That's why he told his disciples, go wait in an upper room. And that's why 120 the Holy Ghost fell upon. Not, not one person going, I'm getting deep. Going deep all by myself. No, it takes a family. It takes a squad to be able to go deep. Now check this out. This is the redwood trees. They're, they have a very shallow root system. But what happens is the roots go down and they all, I mean, way up under the ground, one way over there and one way over there, they all start to intertwine those roots. And it's not a solitary root system. No, it is a shallow root system that supports and sustains each other. Amen? And they st stood for 2,500 years. No matter what the storm might be, that big thing that could catch all that wind, it doesn't matter because it is intertwined with the roots of the others that they are in fellowship with, if you will. And when the wind blows, they stand. Amen? That's what it means to be concerned for each other, to take care of each other, to allow our, our roots to intertwine together. Because guess what? The wind will come. Storms are on the way. They always are. Good things and bad things. They come to good people and bad people alike. And man, it's those, those root systems. So that no matter the storm, we can stand together. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, He who refreshes others will be refreshed. That idea, that storm comes, but if you're going through life in a squad and you're pouring in, guess what? When it's time for you to receive, there is an equal flow of, of give and take, and it can come back to you and be poured back to refresh you. That's the first thing. We need to be a concerned crew. Number two, to be a squad, it needs to be a candid crew. A candid crew. Candid, it means a lot of things. One of the things it can mean is without prejudice, impartial, without pretense, straightforward, very open. I would say young people, but this is probably about 15 years old, so, but keeping it real. I think young people now say 100%, right? Whatever it might look like, that idea, that, that's, that's that idea. That's that idea of, of, of being candid, being real with each other, 100%, right? So without prejudice, listen, in Acts 2, 44 through 45, it says, and all who believe were together. Well, you know what, though? I mean, I just can't find my crew because we're so different. No, no, it says all who believe were together. All who believe were together. You love Jesus, I love Jesus. You know what? That's a good place to start. And you're right, we may not have a bunch of common interests, but let's start there. You know, doesn't mean we have to be besties forever, but let's start there. And what I love about this, this is talking about a group of people. You had Hellenistic believers and you had Hebraist believers. Hellenistic believers were those that spoke Koine Greek. They were those who really adapted to the, the common culture of the day where your Hebraists were kind of trying to stay old school. They're trying to hold on to their, their roots. And both of those groups of Jewish people had come to salvation. And in the early part of the church, there were some struggles with that. And they worked that out, thank God. Or you'd have first church and second church of Jerusalem. That ended up happening. Because we can't well enough mind ourselves as believers and take care of each other and act right. Come on, somebody. But I say all that to say, at that point, these people were looking at all believers. They were looking at each other. And yeah, there was differences, but they didn't have prejudice toward each other. And that's how we ought to be as a church. There should be some folk in this church that have experienced some breakthrough. And those people that have experienced some breakthrough are helping some others that need breakthrough, breakthrough. Amen? 
There should be some people in here that are complete, um, contemplative people. I'm just quiet before the Lord in my worship. Well, praise God, I'm glad you are. I don't want you to be anything that you're not, amen? But don't look sideways at yourself when somebody gets to shouting because they're not contemplative. They're expressive in their worship. And this house needs a little bit of both, amen? Well, she was screaming, you know. He was shouting. He said, Jesus! All right. You know what, man, next time you hear somebody go, Jesus, why don't you on the backside of it just jump in and go, yeah, Jesus. We love you, God. We love you, God. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, we need all that, though. We need both. We need contemplation. We need, but when it comes to it, this idea of without prejudice, man, we're all in this together. And yes, that doesn't mean that we have to be the same exact. That's what makes a squad beautiful. It's so different. But man, there's not prejudice. We're all together. We need each other. In verse 45, the second part of this idea of candidness, all who had need, there was an openness. They had each other. There was a sense of openness to each other. And this openness only comes from an environment of acceptance. It's in an atmosphere where you don't feel rejection that openness can come. And I believe that's what a squad is. It's a candid, candid crew. It's a place where we can trust each other. A few years ago, I had a pastor friend who fell morally, you know, just crashed and burned, just ruined his church, ruined his, his, his family. I mean, just fell horrible. And I called him. I called him that week because I just knew he'd be hurting. And, uh, but he was the one at fault. I don't care. I don't care. I called him and, and just wanted to check on him. And I wasn't calling to rip on him. I wanted him to know he still had a friend. I want him to know that it doesn't matter what's happened, that God is still on the throne and that God can restore his life. And no, I didn't agree with him, but I wanted him to know that I wasn't turning my back on him in his worst moment. Why? Because a crew is a candid crew, you know? That man, he, he needed me to come and be truthful. A crew is truthful, but a crew is also discreet. And he needed me to come and be that. Listen, you need some people in your life that will tell you what you need to hear, but they aren't telling five other people what they think you need to hear also. I, I can't, I'm telling you right now, I have pastors calling me when that happened saying, have you heard about pastor fill in the blank? With voices dripping, with the sound of joy over the man's demise, they're asking if I heard... And I asked them, have you called him? Have you called the check on him? That man may put a gun in the corner of his brain and blow his head off because of the pain he's experienced because he's messed it all up. Have you called a check? No, you want to call me dripping with honey because of your jealousy and you're all excited now that he's fallen, trying to figure out how you're going to get his church folk to come to your church. To hell with that. Because that's right where it comes from, Amen. That is the, the devil completely. So no, listen, everyone needs a crew that is truthful but discreet. And a squad is a candid crew. Most people, they, they stay clear of getting too close because if I get close and I open up, I'm going to open myself up to hurt. And I hate to say it, they're probably right sometimes, but it's worth it. There's a story of a porcupine uh, a, a gaggle. I don't know what you call a group of porcupines. More than one. And this group of porcupines are crossing a frozen field. And the way they do this when it's really cold is they draw in close to each other. And obviously, um, they're a little prickly, you know. And there's a little bit of danger to it, you know. 
for each other. But they'll draw in close, and in a gaggle of porcupine, they will, they will work themselves across that field. Now, those that will not risk the prickly nature of this, this precarious position, they will turn themselves away and expose themselves, the, the parts that are most important to the elements, and before that group crosses, they'll be laying in the field dying. So yes, listen, relationships can be prickly, but without them, you will die. Without them, your dreams will die. Without them, your growth will die. Without them, you will not be who God's calling you to be. And, and here in the church, we have a ministry on Monday nights that helps people that need a crew that is candid. I don't want you to watch this video. Hi, I'm Renee. I have two adult daughters who live here in the Atlanta area. And even though I get to see them a lot, and even though they're all growing up, sometimes I have a hard time not jumping in and, and helping too much or trying to save them. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm a contractor here in Atlanta, and I've always struggled with finding my identity in work and business success. And in a lot of ways that's made problems for me with balance and Sometimes you just taking my life over, put me in bad situations. What I love about Celebrate Recovery is that you can sit down with a group of ladies and really process through your, your stuff uh, in a confidential and trusting environment. Yeah, after worship, the guys and women break out separately, and that way you can speak your mind and feel comfortable, have a safe place to share. This is a proven method to deal with your hurts, habits, and hangups, and all of those can include grieving for a loved one, depression, anxiety, guilt, unforgiveness. These are all things that we deal with, and this is a great way to process through them and get closer to God. Mondays at 7 p.m. here at Momentum, you can find freedom. Celebrate Your Recovery can help you regardless of what it is you're dealing with. Childcare is provided if you need it, so join us on Monday night at 7 o'clock, and remember, we're with you on the journey. Finally, with that, um, Monday nights, I don't have to say anything more than the video said, but man, come out if you need that kind of a crew, all right? And so that's that night. The final thing I want you to see is to be a squad, it needs to be a committed crew. We're going to finish with this, a committed crew. Acts 2.42 and Acts 2.46, first it says, and they devoted themselves. That, that, that's being steadfast. That's being devoted to this idea of, of daily fellowship and breaking of bread and being connected. There was a devotion to it. That is a commitment. That's what that is. And you can see that in verse 46. Day by day, they attended the temple together and they broke bread in their homes and they received their food with glad and generous hearts. This idea of day by day, the idea of consistency really breeds the um, fruit of that commitment to each other. And that's a hard thing. My, my the journey group, and this this isn't just a promotion of journey groups. I think journey groups are great, all right? But that's not the only squad you have. I get it. But I'm using that as my squad because that's been such a life-giving squad to me. And my journey group meets at 6.30 on, on, on Thursday mornings, right? But there's times where I have an early morning, morning meeting, a 7.30 meeting or a 7 o'clock meeting, and there's just no way I can get out of it. Somebody's having surgery. I need to go pray with them before surgery. You know, and so my guys, you know what we do? Because we're committed. You know what we do? We meet at 5. We meet at 5.30. You know, we do whatever it has to take 
to be able to have our meeting. I mean, that's just, that's just we are committed to this thing. And with that, man, that commitment has caused us to be able to grow and to be, I've been challenged. I talked a little bit about that last week, but there is a commitment to it. And I just want to challenge you guys, whatever it is, stay committed to that, 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 that crew, that squad, if you will. Um, when it comes down to the idea of these three things, a concerned community, a candid community, and a committed community, doesn't that sound like a squad you want to be a part of? I mean, think about it. To have people that are concerned about you, people that are going to be candid in your life, people that are committed to you. And you may say, Pastor, I would love to have that. I just don't know anyone like that. And I am here to tell you right now, be like that. Amen? Be like that. You be the impetus. Be like that. Those who are looking for the same, when you be like that, they will be drawn to you. Be like that. Proverbs eleven twenty five. I will re re repeat this, and I want you to see it this time. Look at the screen. He who refreshes others will be refreshed. And so how do you live your life? You be concerned. He who refreshes others will be refreshed. How do you live your life? You be candid. He who refreshes, refresh, shout refreshes. If somebody's not trying to refresh you, then something is wrong. Now, I'm not saying you can't be challenged, but what's the fruit of that challenge? Be candid. When it comes to this idea of, of, of if, you want to have, if you want to be refreshed, show yourself to be refreshed, that next thing is you be committed. Find some people that you commit yourself to. I, right now, like I said, I'm thinking of that person that does so much ministry from their kitchen table. They're so committed to people for years and years and years to, to be there for people at that kitchen table. You don't even know who that person is. But man, they have developed squads and, and, and people's life has been, lives have been changed. Whole families and destinies have been changed. Let's stand to our feet. We're gonna go to the word here, or to prayer here rather. And what I want us to do as we go to prayer, I, I want some men to come up here. If you have a need, as men start to come for prayer up in this corner, Come on, squad up. Other men come and gather and pray, amen? Ladies, if somebody comes to this side for prayer, we're gonna go back into worship. We'll dismiss here in a moment. This is the most important part of today because there's fruit that comes from squatting together, okay? And so you'll come up on this side and ladies can gather and pray. And, um, and, and here's the reason why this is so important. Another tree illustration, pine trees, heavy boughs, the, the, the snow will heavy laden the boughs of pine trees and those boughs will drop down just to be touched by another bough that will drop down just to be touched by another bough that will drop down to just be touched by another bough and by the end of all that snow alone those branches would have snapped off but together they help carry the weight amen that's what a squad looks like so we're going to go back into worship. These altars are open for prayer. Men on this side, women on that side. And listen, there's a reason why we can expect God to move up in here when we go to prayer. Because when they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. There is a blessing that will come from being in a squad. There is a blessing that comes when we come in one accord and we begin to minister one for another. And it says in verse 47, the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. That idea of all, worship increases. 
when we come into a squad, that idea of all of God. Miracles, signs and wonders increase when we come in together in fellowship. Growth takes place when we come together and people get saved. Lives are changed when we come together. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, as we go to you right now, as we seek you at these altars, do a mighty work in this place, I pray, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.